Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is it it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So as I studied the scripture this week, I was reminded of a conversation that I had years ago with a pastor that I trusted, respected, and admired. And I asked questions that perhaps only an egg-headed accountant like myself <laughs> would ask. Here's what I asked. When God asks us to tithe, does he want it to be pre or post tax? And does my United Way contribution count? It makes me cringe now to think that those words actually came out of my mouth, but I really thought I was doing my level best to be a faithful and dutiful disciple in all things. In truth, though, you know and I know that I really wanted him to say that post-tax was fine and that the United Way counted. He said neither of those things, of course. He calmly, patiently, and lovingly told me that those questions 
were between me and God and that he was sure we would work it out between us. The man that we find running up to Jesus and kneeling at his feet was a bit like me and maybe a bit like you. He worshiped God and he kept God's commandments. He just wanted some reassurance that he was doing enough to inherit eternal life. And Jesus looked upon this man and he knew his heart, but he also knew that he was rich in worldly possessions. Jesus loved him, the scripture says, and that is why he answered, not the question he asked, how do I inherit eternal life, but one that was more important. How do I live eternally? Living eternally is living as a disciple. Living eternally is making following God the most important thing. Living eternally means setting aside wealth and status and prestige and power and picking up service and graciousness and sacrifice and quite possibly some earthly suffering. How do I live eternally is the important question. And when you think about it, how do I inherit eternal life is kind of silly. How do I inherit eternal life? What can I do to inherit eternal life? Well, you can't do anything to inherit anything because an inheritance is, by definition, a gift. You can, however, do things here and now to live eternally. Jesus' hard answer leaves the man shocked, sad, grieved, depending on which translation you read. He is, in in short, hurt. He goes away, head down, not the same energy at all as he came in with. Now, we are inclined to think that he leaves the scene dejected because he is not enough in love with God to do as Jesus suggested. But maybe, maybe he leaves dejected because he does love God so much to do as Jesus suggested, but that makes him sad nonetheless. Either way, these disciples there, they have witnessed an interaction that was painful, most especially because it was clear that Jesus loved this man Yet, the answers that he gave him were not reassuring and sweet, but were challenging and hard. Moving forward with Jesus, it seems, was going to be challenging and hard. And the disciples, they would come to know this oh so well, if they didn't know it at that moment. Jesus, with this interaction fresh in the disciples' minds, he takes this opportunity to tell them how hard it can be for those with wealth to enter the kingdom. Wealth and status and prestige and power can get in the way of following God because we are so prone to want to follow those idols instead. After all, we can see and smell and taste and touch what they have to give us. And even though we know that what they have to offer is fleeting and temporary, smoke in between our fingers, their allure is difficult 
to evade. Bottom line, it is not easy and it is not without pain that we become disciples that live eternally rather than in an earthly way, clinging to temporary things. Is a tithe pre or post tax? Does the United Way count? The rewards are great for those who leave things behind for Jesus. Now here again, what Jesus says to Peter after Jesus has, I mean, after Peter has pointed out that they left everything to follow him. Jesus says, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. And do you hear it? Do you hear it all? You receive by giving away, not just in the age to come, but now. Jesus reassures them that anything they've left behind, house, family, fields, anything left behind is received again a hundredfold as part of the community of faith that you take on by doing that leaving behind. Now, he also says persecutions will be mixed in among that hundredfold blessing. That's more real talk from Jesus. Tough love and hard answers. Jesus told this man with many possessions that he needed to sell everything and give it all to the poor. He looked with loving eyes upon this beloved child of God and saw what was keeping him from living eternally. So he went all in on his suggested solution. Could the man have broken free from his possessions in a less extreme way? Probably. Did he? Maybe. I hope so. The main thing is that Jesus was offering him a way to take a step closer to God. A step closer by holding less for himself and giving more to others. Now I know that this story is so extreme that it can be hard to apply in our own lives. It, it's actually so extreme that we might be tempted to say that it does not apply in our own lives. We, for the most part, are also those with many possessions. We, for the most part, have also followed God's commandments. We, for the most part, want to be assured that we have done enough to inherit eternal life. And we, for the most part, do not want to see following Jesus, and having our possessions as mutually exclusive items. But we should not throw out the call to action because of the all-or-nothing nature of what Jesus says to this man with many possessions. The call to action is quite simply this. Take a new step away from the earthly, the temporary, and towards the eternal the kingdom of God. It might be a painful step, but it will certainly be a meaningful one. Give more, more prayer, 
more time, more service, more witness, more money. Love more. Trust God more. Just before this passage in Mark, we hear Jesus say, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. I have never heard a child do math on a pre or post-tax basis. And I have never heard a child ask for credit for giving to another good cause. Little children give and love because they trust that they will receive what they need and therefore they don't need to hold anything back. So, may we come to, children, come to God as little children, trusting in the eternal provision of God the Father and seeking to pay forward the blessings we hold in our hands today for the benefit of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And may we be empowered and nudged by the Holy Spirit to take the next step in faithful, eternal living in this age while looking forward with hope to eternal life in the next. Let us pray. Merciful Heavenly Father, we thank you for challenging scriptures like these. We, we know that Jesus was likely speaking in, a, in an exaggerated manner to this man because he saw what was holding him back. Help us, Lord, to hear where he's saying these same sorts of things to us. Help us to be good stewards of what you have given us. We recognize that selling everything, giving it to the poor today, might not be that way of being good stewards, but help us to be faithful recipients and givers of the blessings that we have been given by you, that we might serve you and our neighbor and the world by being generous. Thank you for your, your tough love and your hard answers that allow us to become ever more faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.